Hi, I'm Tom Melville, and welcome to Voice of Real Australia. Each episode, we bring you people, places, and perspectives from beyond the big cities. A big dumping of snow at the beginning of winter set the scene for what many are predicting could be New South Wales' biggest ever ski season. Places are booked out, the snow is excellent, and people are paying more than ever for their winter adventure. But there's a catch. No one can find any staff. Bartenders, chefs, cleaners, ski instructors, across the board businesses are finding it impossible to fill vacancies. At the moment, Jindabyne, the last town before the main New South Wales snowfields of Threadbow and Perisher, is quiet due to lockdowns around the country. So instead of being short of staff, the business owners are struggling to find work for their employees. But when the lockdown ends, a lot of people will flood back into town, and Jindabyne will be right back where it started. It'd be easy to blame the pandemic for the staff shortage, and that's certainly part of it, but Jindabyne is facing a housing crisis years in the making, and locals are concerned it will start to hurt their businesses. We would need at least another four to five people still to get us okay through the season. That's not including if anyone gets sick, that's just to cover the demand. I'm exhausted. I really am at my wit's end now. 15 years ago, yes, I did love it. It was fun and it was, you know, the place was vibrant. But every day is, every day is a struggle. Knowing that you don't have enough staff, are the staff even going to turn up? That's another thing too. You can have the staff do they turn up. As soon as you get a good ski day, they're going to disappear. You've still got to get through the workload. You don't have a choice. It's not a case of just shutting up shop and going, oh, sorry, we're back tomorrow, can't do it. You've got people relying on you. So, yeah, no, I don't love it. I'm exhausted. The ski industry is getting busier and busier. And so if there's more people on the hill, the resorts need more staff accommodation. And what's going on up in Threadbow and Perisher, the fallback from that is lands solely on to Jindabyne and the, the housing sector just can't handle it. So it'll be an issue again next year. Jindabyne is right on the banks of Lake Jindabyne. It's a man-made lake. There's a dam a couple of k's out of town, part of the Snowy Hydro scheme. The original town is actually now underwater. It was flooded in the 1960s and the inhabitants moved slightly higher up the Snowy River Valley. A quick wander through town gives you a sense of what's going on. Every shop needs staff. Most need a lot. Each business I visit tells me they're around a half a dozen people short. You know, it's crazy to be this exhausted and the season's just started. That's Wendy Hukins. She runs a cleaning service in town catering to holiday rentals and Airbnbs. She's desperate for staff. She says she'll take anyone. I'll give every single person that applies a job is where we're at. Someone said, you know, they've got to have a heartbeat. I said, they don't even need that. I'll carry a defurb if that's what it takes just to give them a heartbeat. That's how desperate we are. We will make it work. I'll give anyone, I'll give them a job. A few years ago, Wendy had 40 employees. It was a busy, thriving business, catering to the tens of thousands of tourist beds in town. Concerned about COVID transmission last year, she didn't want to do back-to-back cleans where tenants were out and in on the same day. So I lost a lot of my business overnight, but that forced me to restructure and look at 12-month business, which has been great. So I've downsized in a way... It minimises those peaks and troughs in work so that you've got more steady year-round. But you've still got to have the staff. And we've battled all summer with staff and it's just got so much worse this winter. She's conscious that cleaning is not the most glamorous job. But it is a job. 
four days a week, which could give working holidaymakers ample opportunities to ski throughout the season. She used to never struggle to find staff. Cleaning's always been the, the bottom of the pile. Very few people actually want to clean. If they can't get jobs, as you know, the, the nice jobs, customer service, coffee, baristas, uh, waiters, waitresses, someone that doesn't need any experience, they become a cleaner. But all the really fun jobs aren't getting filled, so I've got no hope of that filtering of cleaners to come through. Jindabyne's Chamber of Commerce reckons the winter season requires about 5,000 extra staff. That includes all the ski instructors, chairlift operators, chefs, cooks and housekeepers. Businesses in the area, including the resorts, are still looking for about 1,000, which is why Wendy is finding it so tough. Are you thinking about leaving? Oh, my business is up for sale, absolutely. Yep. I've even considered walking away. I'm just tired. And yet, as I said, the workload that we've got isn't sustainable. So let's just hope next week brings fresh staff, fresh inquiries. I'm Renee, I'm from Peak Performance Cafe in Jindabyne, and I'm one of the many business owners down the region that are really struggling with staff. Peak Performance Cafe is bustling when I stop in for a chat. Renee Birchner, being understaffed, is run off her feet and can't sit down for an interview. She's making coffee and serving customers while we talk. It's just that with all these Airbnbs popping up everywhere, there's a lot of staff shortages because there's nowhere for people to stay. So we've lost quite a few staff to regulars go up the hill, but we're also not getting the influx of tourists that are looking for work in Australia as well. So even the internationals that normally come over to do cafe work that then, you know, on their odd days then go up the hill, they can't get into the country because, you know, it's not worth it for them either. So we're really struggling with that as well. When I was there, Jindabyne and the Snowfields had just had what might have been their biggest ever opening weekend. The town had been carpeted in snow for days and everyone was upbeat. It was great. We loved to have people come to the region and we really want to encourage people to come here. We just ask that when they do come, they be patient with us because we are doing our absolute very best to accommodate everyone. I mean, I've also heard stories of business owners offering you know, accommodation probably subsidised or whatever. Are, are you able to do that sort of thing? Unfortunately, we're not in a position to do that. If I had a spare unit block somewhere, absolutely, but no. And a lot of the other smaller, like, cafes and things, I'm sure, are in a similar boat. Yeah, absolutely. They really are. So, you know, I've heard of a couple of local ones employing chefs as apprentices, but, again, our cafe's not in that position to do that either. Uh, so, like, an apprentice chef on like a full-time wage you mean yeah yeah so that's the only way that they can get staff is to you know put an apprentice on another local cafe worker who didn't want to be named has watched as salaries for seasonal workers have just gone up and up and up this year the money now being thrown around for staff is more than it's ever been before you know i'm hearing 50 dollars an hour for ski technicians and we're happy to offer baristas $30 plus if we can get a good one, which, you know, you never would have got that in the seasons gone by. There's literally, if you look at the job ads on the Jindabyne job guide, businesses aren't just looking for a chef or one of this. They're looking for front of house staff. They're looking for chefs. They're looking for, yeah, baristas, basically a whole team. So 
but literally you can't they can't fill those positions so it's basically money talks at the moment so if you can offer the dollars you know you can grab the staff he had a great long weekend he nodded at the barista standing behind the counter who'd worked it with him as if they were bonded by some shared trauma they made it through but big as in a lot of people through the door and then big because i didn't have enough staff to yeah to cater for producing enough product to put in the window and so it meant the guys that I have full-time, they've done some long hours. So, and that side of things we got through, but that was just three days. So when we, what scares me is the school holiday period, you know, where it's going to be just the same that we've just been through, but for 20 days straight. And that's a very, fairly scary thought, to be honest. Renee is aware that it's probably not that long before quality starts to dip. When it gets busy, gets things get missed, or it gets, you know, you just rushed out and you don't get a chance to always check what goes out and or get to everyone to make sure that you know the quality is up to their standards and and that's hard as well because then you you also can't then ask them to leave you a review or if they do leave a review you've got no control over because you're just trying to pump everything out to meet the demand. For Wendy who built her business up from nothing that fact is weighing heavily on her mind. I don't want to be a part of that. I've spent years building up my business based on quality and consistency and I think that possibly what's exhausting me and hurting me at the moment is that worries me that I can't deliver and I won't be able to deliver I've, you know I can't I, I, to go from 40 staff two years ago to six a couple of school kids and my partner you know I'm possibly looking at maybe 10 12 tops that's a huge downsize um And that's just to safeguard my business and my and my name and my quality. But I don't have the six staff I still don't have. My name's Patricia and I'm one of the owners of the Brumby Bar and Grill in Jindabyne. When I meet Patricia Borthwick-Higgs, the Brumby is just getting set up for the evening. The bar has thick wood-panelled walls and an open kitchen. They're looking forward to a busy evening. Rostering is a nightmare because we're relying on people that is their second job and a lot of school kids we have working for us, so they have other commitments and stuff as well. So just making a roster work around everyone is pretty hard. Patricia is struggling and needs about six more staff before she feels comfortable. She's worried about the dip in quality, particularly when you take into account that dinner at the Brumby Bar is the last stop for customers, who may have been impacted by long lines and delays throughout the day. Unfortunately, by the time people get to dinner time, which is our core business, they're grumpy because they've had to line up to get on to the mountain. They've had to line up to get their lift tickets. They've had to line up in ski lift lines. This was what happened on the long weekend. And they probably had enough by the time they got down here. But we tried to do the best and catered for everyone that we could. I've had to increase the hourly rate. I've had to uh, offer lunches uh, on the day. And probably the the biggest thing that I've I've hit on now is I'm offering a bonus if they stay for the season. That's Olivier Capitanakos. He owns a cleaning business and hosts tourists on his farm just outside town. He's also head of the Jindabyne Chamber of Commerce. In order to help attract and retain staff, he's built accommodation for them on his property and he's looking okay for staff this season but he's worried about what this new status quo is going to do to the region's tourist industry. 
two things. One is that and we're going to resist this for as much as we can. It could impact on the experience. So if we've got to start taking shortcuts, for instance, not making beds and just leaving sheets on the beds and leaving the explanatory note, that that will have an impact. It'll also have an impact on profitability because I'll be paying a lot more than what I normally pay. And there's, you know, there's not a huge amount of money in housekeeping. It's a vital service. It's an essential service, but it's, it's becoming more expensive. Certainly, the cost has gone up this year. And that all reflect on you know, the price of accommodation as well. Some businesses in town have done something similar and have taken out leases for staff accommodation. But Olivier doesn't see that as a long-term solution. This is a systemic problem that is really going to impact on the tourist industry unless we can solve it. Seasonal staff accommodation is one aspect, but if businesses have to buy housing stock, then that takes houses out of the purchase bill. So then when people come down and want to live down here, there are less houses to buy. That drives prices up. You have higher prices, that makes it harder for seasonal workers to uh, find accommodation. Patricia has actually had to limit the number of patrons she serves each night. She's in a pickle. She wants to make sure the customers are looked after to the standard she expects, but she can't work to death the staff she does have. Even under the COVID restrictions, we could fit more people in here if we had the capacity to serve them. Yeah. But you just can't? No. No. Like, you can't expect the people in the kitchen to literally work their fingers to the bone every single night and and keep the staff that you've got. You can't upset the ones that are doing the right thing by you. You have to look after them a little bit. It wasn't always like this. It's never been cheap for staff to live in town for a season, but it's always been doable. There are all sorts of options, from share houses to bunk beds. This year, the price for staff accommodation is about $250 per week for a bed in a shared room. That's just out of the question for most people, who might only be earning a few hundred dollars more than that. The main point of working the ski season is that you spend most of your time skiing. That proposition becomes a whole lot less appealing if you have to work a lot more. So, while you wanted a short answer... There isn't one. That's Joan Bird, head of a short-term holiday rental business in town. There are a lot of factors contributing to the staff shortage. Joan tells me that Snowy 2.0, the massive hydroelectric infrastructure program rolling out through the region, means there are a lot of workers who need accommodation year-round. But there's also a huge amount of domestic tourism happening right now. So people are going, borders are open, we're not going overseas, we're not going to New Zealand, we're not going to Japan. We're not doing Bali, we're not doing anything. Let's do domestic. And obviously, as you've seen, the federal government has been awesome about promoting domestic tourism. A lot of people own investment houses in Jindabyne. Some of them aren't offering them up for lease this season, preferring to keep them for themselves. On top of that, the economics simply changed. Holiday rentals became more profitable than staff rentals. I own property in Jindabyne, rental property, and two years ago that dollar flipped for us, that we were actually getting more, better return on a permanent year-round lease than we were for a 16-week winter lease. Um, And then, of course, what happened last year is that everybody was very gun-shy. So the winter leases last year were only 12 weeks. They were just legal residential tenancy leases. There's also the fact that seasonal workers, historically, haven't always been the best tenants. They're kids in the mountains to have a good time. So when the kids leave... 
you've probably got to spend $2,000 fixing it up again. It's no criticism of them. We've all been, I turned up here in the mountains at 19 too. And we totally get it. The kids are here to have a great time. What happens, though, is because their seasonal leases are run down for the most part, it's older stock, older furniture, blah, 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 they kind of go, oh, and they don't treat it like they would their own home. So there's a bit going on. And the staff shortage doesn't just come down to a lack of beds. The most frustrating part for Wendy, who we heard from earlier, is that she's actually offering accommodation and still can't find staff. When you couple that staff housing shortage with a lack of backpackers coming in from overseas, you get the situation where almost every shop, every cafe, every bar and every hotel in town is looking for multiple team members to start right away. Olivia Capitanakos says perhaps a poor work ethic contributes to the problem. My theory, and it's totally untested, but I think that Australians don't necessarily like doing menial work. That's my view on it. So. When you hire people from overseas, they understand that's how they're going to get paid and they get down and do the job. That's my interpretation. I don't want to get too deep into that opinion, although it is a common one in Jindabyne. I guess that's the difference between young people blowing in for the ski season and blowing out again, and the people who built businesses in town, a commitment to community. Suffice to say, many are extremely keen for the international borders to open up. But again, that's only part of the problem. Last year, it was a bit of a struggle to find staff, but nothing on this year. Whenever the foreign backpackers do arrive, they'll have nowhere to stay. There are changes coming, though, big ones. As part of the Snowy Mountains Special Activation Precinct, Jindy is about to get a lot of investment. Ideally, Olivia wants to see zoning changes, like in Queenstown in New Zealand, where there are parcels of land set aside for staff accommodation. Without that... He's sure property developers will do whatever makes them the most money, which isn't staff housing. But that's not included in the SAP plan. No, I've been told by the SAP, by the planners, that their answer to the seasonal and the social housing is more land availability. But land availability, the government does not own the land. They'll just zone it. So the developers who will buy that zoned land and find a use for it of course, we'll try to do the best they can to maximise their return on investment. And that's not seasonal housing. That's not social housing. Staff shortages and lack of accommodation are ongoing issues. But there's another broad threat to tourism businesses. The pandemic. Sydney's recent lockdown was just in time for the school holidays. The city is a really important customer base for the ski slopes. So after scrambling to get the staff numbers, Olivier faces this compounding problem. Certainly for me as a business owner, 10 days ago, I was a little bit concerned for the really busy periods and I was going to call in favours. So literally I was going to call in friends who live in Sydney and say, guys, come on down for the weekend. I'll pay your ski lifts on a Saturday. You just got to work for me on a Friday and a Sunday. Now I've got the complete opposite. I've got a lot of cancellations and I've got too many staff on. So I employ three full-time people. I've got five casuals that I've promised work, if you like. I've attracted them based on the amount of hours and the salary that I was going to to pay them, and I've got two of them living with me. But if the lockdown ends on the 9th, 
<laughs> then I'm going <laughs> to go to make my phone call to my mates and say, come on down for the 11th. Olivier thinks the looming threat of snap lockdowns is going to make business extremely tough. He doesn't know how Jindabyne is going to navigate the COVID normal. Now, if we're going to be working on a, a new way of working, a new normal, I don't think we've yet developed the processes to work in that fashion. You know, terms and conditions is a very good one. Whenever you enter a contract for accommodation, you sign an agreement. We're basically throwing some of those agreements out the window. We're going to have to to survive because in the past we had very strict policies on cancellation and now they're going to have to be all related to um, COVID. If you get a lockdown, you get so much back. If I get a lockdown, you get so much back. I don't know. So from a business perspective, it's really unusual. In the meantime, operators and business owners are taking this season day by day. Patricia isn't at that stage yet, but she thinks that businesses are going to have to shut just to give staff a rest. Yeah, I think definitely people will probably shut one or two nights a week where they hadn't in the past because it'll just make it easier. It'll be much easier to say, all right, no one's working tonight and then have the people that you do have working work for the rest of the week. So... Yeah, shutting would definitely be a thing, which isn't great in a tourist town because you want to be open seven days a week. It's not good, and it makes people upset if they're trying to get dinner and they can't get it. So it's not good from a tourist point of view. Oh, everywhere in Jindabyne's shut. And we did have comments like that over summer. Oh, there's nowhere to go, everything's shut. For tourists, it's not great. And for people that have businesses here, it cuts out, like thousands and thousands of dollars a day. And Wendy Hukins is increasingly uneasy about what's to come. Prices have just gone through the roof. Accommodation, skiing, everything is just hugely expensive, more so than ever before. It's about supply and demand, which is great in the tourism business, supply and demand, but there's all the services that go with that supply and demand, and if they're not there to support it, it could be one really ugly crash. I can see it's a train wreck about to happen. Wendy Hukins there, one of many business owners in Jindabyne who has felt the compounding effects of staff shortages and snap lockdowns. In the long term, they're struggling for staff. But what do they do if their customers can't actually travel? The uncertainty of pandemic restrictions continues to affect all tourist and hospitality businesses greatly. Have a thought for those businesses whose peak trade is 12 weeks, 16 if they're lucky. That's it for this episode of Voice of Real Australia. Thank you so much for listening. We want to hear from you. Please take part in our listener survey. The link is in our show notes. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen, and I'll be back in a couple of weeks. If you'd like to share your story, email voice at ostcommunitymedia.com.au. That's voice at ost, A-U-S-T, communitymedia.com.au. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash voiceofrealaustralia. You can follow me on Twitter at TomMelville124. Voice of Real Australia is recorded in the studios of the Newcastle Herald. It's produced by Lara Corrigan and me, your host, Tom Melville. Our editors are Gail Tomlinson and Chad Watson. This is an ACM podcast. <laughs>